0: live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's call with um, the matrix Discussion Group here at Tactical Sovereignty. Uh, we've got John Kaplan with us again this week, and we're going to be digging just a little bit deeper into uh, the topic uh, here. A couple weeks ago, he covered um, his girlfriend and her experiences as a MK Mine control victim, I believe, it was really at the heart of it with her. And we're really going to, I think, talk a little bit more into how this is affecting all of us. And it's affecting us in ways that in some areas, you know, we're kind of a soft target and it's lightly used on us. But there's people higher up and people that even the masses have been led to look up to that have fallen prey to this. And uh, we were just talking about Harvey Weinstein and what was going on with him and that, you know, a lot of this very potentially right now could all really get exposed. And the people need to be ready for it. Uh, They need to be ready for what they're going to hear, because it's not going to be easy. It's it's not going to be something that is going to be very acceptable to grasp that uh, the American people have allowed this to continue the way it's continued and I think the best thing that we can really do for each other and for the population is in education. Just start talking to each other and let each other know what's really behind a lot of these programs and the different things that are happening. So with that being said, uh, welcome, John. on. How are you doing, brother?
1: Uh, good, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on your show.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Y-
1: you had just spoken about, you know, breaking open the concept of mind control and how I think that the American people are going to be devastated when they come to the conclusion that most of what they believe to be true is not. And I think it's going to be heart-wrenching for them to understand what average Americans that are under the uh, abuse programs of mind control what those people have gone through and what the public is gonna to have to be able to grasp in order to uh clearly see what's going on in, in not only Hollywood but uh the world at large. You have you have innocent people that the US government has um now admitted that they've drugged with LSD in the 60s, let's say, uh in the MK Ultra program. And that program had continued, and and of course, the U.S. government lies to the public. But a lot of the uh, program techniques had actually transferred over to the occult world. Uh, you call it what you want. I call it the occult world. But you've got the Illuminati slash New World Order that stole the techniques of um, the MKUltra program and have now been able to use that program and it's the basis of its of its uh, torture programs in order to get people lined up and ready for their supposed new world order date and i think that's that's the bigger picture of what america is going to find out about soon is that they actually have hundreds of thousands of mind control victims throughout america and for me I'm like the general public i had no clue that any of this stuff was real And even though Tiffany tried to tell me, you know, in so many ways, what was going on there, that was not something I could grasp. And, and it wasn't until, um, much after her death that, uh, my investigation yielded evidence of Tiffany being in the mind control program, uh, that in the audio that you heard with her therapist. So I I think that America has, uh, got to begin to unravel the MK ultra program all the way up to mind control slash uh, monarch slave programming, which are all basically the same idea. You brainwash a person. So they're able to do anything you tell them to do at any time.
2: So, well, you know,
1: and,
0: and that's really been done across the board and, you know, I was talking earlier about maybe soft targets or, I'll even refer to it maybe as uh, soft brainwashing or soft hypnosis. And it starts with everybody at a very early, early age. And a a lot of these programs, um, bigger programs behind the scenes, they're really starting with very, very young children. But it happens to the common American when they first go to school uh, here in the United States of America. Because, you know, if you have children and and you remember, like, you know, their their first uh, week or so before they go to school and trying to gather everything they need, you take them shopping for their clothes and stuff like that, and then you've got a list that normally comes from the school that says these are the supplies the kid is going to need. You know, they need to have uh, two packs of pencils, they need to have two erasers, a compass, and, uh, you know, X amount of extra paper, uh, line paper, graph paper you know, and all of that stuff. And you take the kid out shopping, you gather all that stuff for them, and I can tell you every child probably goes through the same exact experience and so do the families because the kids come home from shopping and they go up to their room with all this stuff and they set it all out on their bed. They set out their paper, they set out their pens, their erasers, all this stuff, and they look at all this and they're thinking, mine, this is my stuff for this next year at school. This is my stuff. They take it and they put it into their uh, little backpack. It's got their name on it. And, you know, they're so proud of this. And then they come back from school, their first day of school, and and they've normally got kind of a drawn look on their face. They really don't seem quite as happy as they were the day before. And you asked the child, what happened? Well, they said, well, the, the teacher took all of my pens and all my paper and the erasers, they, they took it from everybody and put it all in the closet. You know, and the school's response to that is, well, you know, not all the kids can afford to go and purchase these things and have what they need to be prepared for the upcoming school year. So we put it all into uh, you know, one com- community place for the classroom, and then the teacher doles it out as it's needed throughout the year. But that is a mental breakdown to the child, starting right out. Uh, They're essentially being introduced hypnotically into socialism or communism right there. And that may seem like a very minor issue, but that is really the beginnings of setting up the way an individual is going to be thinking the rest of their life. And that kind of forms their their thoughts and uh, um, their emotions and uh, maybe even the feeling of um, a lack of self-identification, you know. Uh, I do agree totally with helping out the community and that kind of stuff and taking care of each other. But when it comes to a level of stripping away a person's uh, self-identity, to me, I don't see how that can be good uh, for the rest of the masses. And so I just want to bring that up. I mean, this stuff is, is starting with everybody at a very young age.
1: And well, I think that is I think yeah. I think that if people look at the state of America right now and just ask yourself, "Is this the America you want? Is this what you thought it should be? And is this what you want it to be?" If if you believe it is, then um, more power to you. But I think that as a whole, I don't think you could find actually one single person that would agree that America is great and. Um, You know, schools are doing good. I mean, you look at Oregon, for an example. Oregon is receiving most of their money for schooling because of lottery. And so if you're funding your schools through a lottery, your expenses are now must clearly be over the top. Um, A school, uh, you know, school's income or uh, the basis for an education cannot be funded by gambling in my opinion. And and once it reaches the level where you need that money, something has gone drastically wrong. I mean, most kids are failing anyway, so it really doesn't matter. I think America is one of the lowest um, IQ uh, graduating uh, percentages in the country, or in, excuse me, in the world. So it's not like we're producing any great results anyways. And I think that people are starting to wake up to the idea that you know, you've lost shop class, you've lost all the things that are important to um, people who like to do things rather than just learn, um, you know, history and, and and even that's messed up, but history and English and math. But once you take the technicality out of the schools and, and people are no longer doing small gas engines and those things, you're down a path where who knows what's next. But I think that... Um, once the public gets the idea of brainwashing, which is not a far leap from what you just talked about, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, Catholicism or or you know Hinduism, whatever the case may be, once you realize that brainwashing is possible, you only need to go one step further and say, okay, so if if brainwashing is possible, and we know we're all subject to the brainwash, then is it possible that it's true? That mind control exists on a level uh, like Tiffany would have received, and uh, the key to Tiffany Jenks' case is is um, is sadly not unique. But the key to her case is is that she ran our dams. She worked for the Bonneville Power Administration, and it, and in my opinion, having a mind control victim operating thirty one dams on the Columbia River and and all of the, all of the rivers that you know fall below that then I think that America has to wake up and go, okay, so you're telling me that she's under mind control and she's running our dams? Yeah, that's the case with Tiffany Jenks' murder. That's the case with her. And I think that's key to this case.
0: Well, I would also like to put in, you know, if you've got a mind control victim that is in charge of you know, 21 dams on the Columbia River, uh, and we know that they were a mind control victim, who really is in control of those dams on the Columbia River?
1: A hundred percent. And I think... Or? Yes, exactly. That is my point, a hundred percent, Brian. And and one step past that, if that, if you want to know, here's how you can know the severity of this case. Not only were they able to mind control her to work at the dams, but they mind controlled her to send her to her death. Because her murder was not just some random girl that got shot at the bar. That's all a complete lie. And when you look into her case, what you have is you have a girl that um, clearly did not die the way the police said. And even the general public that goes and checks out Google or what have you and and tries to follow the narrative that the police provided, which is that Tiffany was just randomly shot. Not only is that a complete lie, but I want to say Tiffany was programmed to die. And with that said, if you could program her to run the dams and you're able to say, well, okay, what do you mean, John, when you say she was programmed to die? Well, she left my house telling me that she had to leave. And I like, why are you leaving? What are you, why are you doing this? She went to the bartender at the bar that night and told the bartender her life was over. And she actually, just like a robot, walked outside to meet up with her killers where they could drive away and go kill her some 19 minutes after they drove away. If that's not basically a computer program person who walks to their own death, then I don't know what is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if they can be programmed to walk into
0: a situation uh, that's going to bring on their own demise, uh, how much less would it be to program them Uh, to do other things that might not seem quite as nefarious.
1: Absolutely. And more importantly, uh, well, not more importantly, but as importantly is who programmed her. That's the big, you know, that's the underlying question here that I have and that I've been working on in her murder case because anybody can die or anybody can get killed. I, I get all that. But when you have proof that she's a mind control victim, which I do, and you have proof that somebody actually had to put it in her head for her to go die, can't we, as Americans ask who that person was
0: Yes, yeah, yes, exactly, and- it, even if you want to say that it was the therapist okay you've got then you'd have the therapist who is um mentally I, I would say at the helm of of her thoughts and her decision making but who is behind him because there's something bigger behind him. That is to me, that is a scary part.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, when you look at mind control, you have to say, okay, for the general public that doesn't get mind control, just think of it as brainwashing, right? Okay. So everybody in the Philippines is Catholic and everybody in Thailand is Buddhist. Uh, so half of them have to be brainwashed, one or the other. Okay. You can't both be right. And so, you look at Tiffany's case, right, and you, and you just take the, the idea of brainwashing. Who put it in her head that she was going to go die that night? That person has never been um, brought to justice or may never be if we, if we Americans don't wake up to the idea of mind control. When, when you look at the – now, Brian, did you get the report I had done recently by an uh, ex-FBI analyst on her words to the therapist? Did you see that report that was done?
0: Yes, I think I did, yeah.
1: Okay. And so um, I had a gentleman, of uh, uh, Peter Wyatt, who's a very well – Peter Hyatt, sorry – a very well-known analyst uh, of words. Um, and so what I asked him specific questions as to whether the uh, therapist is culpable for her death, and his response was um, – Although legally has no culpability. For, now this is let me let me uh, set this up a little better. Peter Hyatt does not know or understand mind control at all, zero. And so if he had, this may have been a little bit different. Okay. So I'm going to read for you um, some of the words that was said by him. Although legally the therapist has no culpability for her death, morally he may have assisted her in encouraging deliberately reckless behavior and putting her in harm's way, which led to her death. Regardless of criminal involvement in Tiffany's death, these transcripts do not show guilty knowledge of any such planning nor motive. This does not speak to the question of others who Mr. Captain may consider to be involved. Mr. Captain is correct in his belief that this therapist sought, sought and gained to some degree control over Tiffany. It is deliberate on the part of the therapist. And lastly, Mr. Captain is also justified in his thinking that the therapist may have contributed to Tiffany's death in that it's likely caused further risky behaviors as he not only refused to mitigate her suffering, but he added to it. And this was written October 12th, just a couple of days ago um, by Peter Hyatt. And, you know, he's done the JonBenet rant. He's done hundreds of cases where he analyzes the words of two parties and then tells you the outcome of whether they were lying or not, or, or, that sort of thing, keeping in mind, he does not understand mind control. He said specifically that the therapist did add to her by putting her in harm's way. That led to her death. Now I know that, uh, I've spoken in length um, with Peter about, um, or Mr. Hyatt about mind control. And that is something that he's new to. And I think America in, as a whole is new to the idea of mind control as was i but what's key to mind control is that we all take a step back and understand that these people are programmed for a reason tiffany worked at the dam dams in for the bonneville power administration for a reason she was put there and um when she found out that she was a mind control victim she got out of there that was after her dad died which would have been her programmer he died in 2010 and she began to find out she was a mind control victim. Shortly after, they usually do wake up around age thirty four, and or die at thirty four. She died at thirty five. So,
2: yeah, and she probably felt a little bit lost without her programmer there, you know. And if that was
0: somebody that kind of helped turn the light switch on and off for her, you know, mentally as far as a control factor. Uh, once that aspect of her life is gone. Uh, that really opens the door for them to wake up and realize what's been going on the whole time.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, her father, like I said before, was the uh, head scientist at the Los Alamos nuclear laboratory. And a lot of the, uh, and Tiffany was a scientist running the dams at Bonneville power uh, for 10 years. Uh, She worked her way up of course, but um, in the final years of her life, she actually moved the levers up and down that controlled the dams. I mean, not the physical levers, but the computer modules, whatever they were. Um, But getting mind control and getting the MKUltra program and getting what they call the monarch slave program in the occult world is so key to America's survival. Because after Tiffany's death, they actually sent in, some call them honeypots or cute girls, whatever you want to call them, They actually sent in eight other mind control victims over a period of uh, one year to become my friend to find out where I was on my investigation. I was able uh, after shortly after I found out Tiffany was a mind control victim, I was able to pinpoint all of these people were mind control victims. And in fact, some of them even confided in me what their programming movie was, because when a person is programmed, they're usually programmed based upon a movie. Tiffany's being, um, the wizard of Oz, but, uh, you know, I had all these randomly great, beautiful people show up in my life. And, uh, yeah, I, one of them was even related with, um, who's the lady who was murdered by, uh, uh, the, not Manson Manson. Yeah. Sharon Tate, I believe, wasn't it? Right, yeah. Right. Sharon Tate's, right. nef- Sharon, Sharon Tate's nephew, came to help me work on the case. And later I found out about that and and, and I knew his programming code was uh, Thomas the Train. And then uh, I had um, some of the people that were involved in her murder who were circling the block the night she was uh, killed. I learned later that they became my friends because see, after she had died and I reviewed my own closed circuit television cameras, none of these people looked familiar to me. I just thought they all looked weird like circling my block. It wasn't until after I learned um, who the killers were, because the police didn't release that correct information, that I had video of them circling the block of my house that night that Tiffany was set up and programmed to die. So the the point of that is, is that we're all living amongst other brainwashed slash mind control victims in in especially in uh, my city, Portland, Oregon. But <coughs> go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's obviously, obviously not a scripted scenario here. So, But it is true. Yeah. It, there are people right in our, our midst, right in mm-hmm. our own communities and stuff, that at one level or another are affected by this or are being used. And it's totally without our knowledge. And, you know, I, I love when people see a picture of somebody that, say, you know, molested a child or something. They're like, oh, yeah, look at him. He looks like a child mm-hmm. monster. It's like, wait a minute. There is no look to, say, a child molester. There is no look to a killer. Mm -hmm. There is no look to a a mind control victim. And some of the people that may uh, seem like some of the most innocent people around you uh, could be being used to influence the rest of the community. In fact, they they have programs set up for that. Uh, Those people are called change agents. Yeah, well,
1: there was... Uh, like, sorry for my cough, by the way, but there was a series of people involved in her case. And uh, if you don't have anybody questioning the case in the first place, like, you know, in Tiffany Jenks murder case, you have powerful police and judges and DA's offices who swept the entire case under the rug. So for the people that research her murder, it's clear that Tiffany did not die the way they said. And, there were seven other people who never ended up in jail for her death. <clears throat> so, if you have these mind control victims out on our streets in Portland, Oregon, um, I guarantee you, you have them throughout America. I, based on her case, I would believe there's probably 10,000 or more mind control victims just in Portland alone. And with that said, you can just run the numbers for your own city, but we are in trouble. Because we are not only not aware that mind control is real, but they're living right next to us. And some of them, they don't even know they're mind control victims. So how could they ever come forward and say, hey, by the way, I've been brainwashed to believe in this cult. Um, I've been brainwashed to believe in this this idea that there should be a, a, a better world for people that are, <clears throat> you know, their group only, uh, you know, the New World Order or whatever you want to call them. It it could be Jehovah Witnesses that are doing mind control. It could be, uh, you know, Scientology. The bottom line is you have probably 10,000 mind control victims in Portland, Oregon, and 500 of them know they are programmed with this mind control, uh, and the rest of them do not. And that should be really alarming and scary for people because you have major, powerful people pulling the strings for our future. And that's that's kind of what you just said. It's like, who is the actual person that controlled Tiffany to run the dams? I don't even know. I have no idea who it was. But I do know this. If she was a mind control victim, and she was, and if indeed she was in charge of those dams, we are all in trouble. And we are.
0: Yeah, I would say we're in very, very serious trouble. I mean, if they've got people at levels mm-hmm. like that I somebody just controlling dams, which you know might not seem like a big deal to us. Although, with you know the knowledge of uh, the water levels and the water passing through there, and the insider trading that can be done, you know that that could be a big business there. But if they've got people at those lower levels, like you were saying, John, you know just think of the people that are at higher levels. People that, for instance, have been sitting in Congress for 20 or 30 years, for instance.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, there's a gentleman that was walking by my store that, I, okay, now this is, this is kind of hard to get. Uh, but when I was reviewing the closed circuit television cameras at my store, which I own in Portland, when Tiffany was murdered, the people that were walking by, I didn't know. So if you could imagine Tiffany died October 8th of 2013 and days later <clears throat> after her death, I was reviewing the closed-circuit television cameras at my store, and here walks by the ex-district attorney named Jeffrey Dickey uh, of Portland, Oregon. In fact, you know the Terry Bean story of, uh, of child pedophile Terry Bean, who's from Portland, Oregon, and he was the one that was, got away with uh, molesting the boy because he was friends with Obama? I don't know if that you remember the story. It was it a was very big, high-profile case. So Terry Bean was molesting a boy, and one of the lawyers was Jeff Dickey. Now, Tiffany dies, and uh, days pass by, and, you know, the police didn't really ask me for anything, which was always weird to me. I thought that was very weird. So I was reviewing my close-circuit television cameras, and there are all these weird people walking by. Now, I don't know any of them. So then as time passes by, this girl that's involved in her case, Tyson, she comes up to me and she goes, Hey, I have this lawyer friend that will help you with your case. And I'm like, Oh, okay, great. I really need help. You know? And so this Jeff Dickey guy comes and helps me. Now I've, I went to the casino with him. I invited him to come with me once and, and we became you know, friends and, uh, I was reviewing again the closed circuit television cameras and here he's walking by with Tiffany's killer. And so you have, and by the way, his job is he's the ex district attorney in Multnomah County in in my city of Portland, Oregon. So this is the level at which they have control over the courts. The ex district attorney is walking by my store with Tiffany's killer. I don't know who he is because I never seen him in my life when I reviewed the cameras after her murder some six months later he becomes my friend and is helping me with tiffany's case supposedly right uh That's amazing. but he never really yeah he never was helping me at all in fact you know one of the one of the court cases that i had i requested for my add because i have adhd i requested a note taker he canceled my note taker and said i didn't need that for my ADD, ADA ada rights you know I had never been to court before, so I requested a note taker. So, you know, every step of the way, he's trying to ruin my court case, and did, by the way. And on top of it, one of the most basic reasons why I was suspicious of him is because he canceled my ADA for accessibility rights. He canceled my note taker for court, which I found to be very odd. But here this guy, Jeff Dickey, is involved in uh, uh, Tiffany's murder, period. And he's a mind control victim also, uh, but nobody, nobody realizes how deep this stuff goes. After she died, they had eight people come to me, becoming my good old friends, and then later I would learn, uh, after I met uh, Clyde Lewis and Fritz Springmeier, I learned what mind control victims were. And after that point, I was able to realize all these people were just pawns in the game against me.
2: Wow. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of people
0: talk about different things, whether, say, it's even something, for instance, like the JFK situation, and people are like, oh, well, there's no way you could keep something like that secret. You know, that that would be such a big scandal. But when you start looking, even at a, a situation uh, such as with Tiffany Jenks and, and with your court case, I mean, right, right there you're identifying like nine or ten people that you knew of right around you that were all basically part of the whole scam.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and now but, the thing is, you, you don't have to question whether uh, JFK was this, that, or the other. You don't have to question if mind control is real. All you have to do is go to uh, CIA.gov, click on the link that says search, and search MKUltra. And then thousands of documents will come up that prove mind control victims are real or Google Kathy O'Brien, for instance, uh, she's a very famous mind control victim uh, and was saved. Basically she talked of people being in cages in the CIA programs and that her uh, husband who just recently died, unfortunately, Mark Phillips took her out of the MK ultra program after she was raped, molested and abused by Hillary Clinton. So this is not some fantasy land we're living in. If you can believe it's possible that somebody can be brainwashed to a level of what we call what we call mind control, then you just have to ask yourself, does it matter that Tiffany was running all the dams under mind control? And I think that people will people will absolutely when they when they have an awakening about this case, about her, about Tiffany, and you think, here's a thirty four year old girl that's in charge of all the dams on the rivers. Uh In the Northwest, from Canada to the ocean, you know you're talking about the Grand Coulee Dam, the Bonneville Dam, and the idea that those dams could possibly kill tens of millions of people, if not more, and uh more importantly, that somebody other than a human well i wouldn't call i guess we have to call them humans, is in control of what her actions would be then you go, okay, well, so Tiffany can control the dams, but she's not in control. So, you know, you've got a person in the top level of the Bonneville Power Administration that's not in control of her actions. And that's key.
2: Wow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and as far as these different things
0: happening, even right in our own communities, you know, there's a... uh, situation here it happened some time ago. Um there was a store I used to like to go to every now and then as it's a, it's a store from yeah, that got like all stuff from India in it. Different foods, uh incense, clothing, things like that. And uh different stuff to cook with, you name it. And it's kinda of like a little mini grocery store if you're from India. And I uh, I went there on my day off, I believe it was a Sunday, and I, I didn't realize they weren't open on Sundays. I, I went up to the door and I had the closed sign there. And you know, now I I realize what I'm seeing when I see it because they had a sign uh, in the front window that said uh, no cameras or taping, something to that effect. And I thought that's kind of a weird sign to be in the front of a store. But uh, that day when I was going to go there, I, I turned to walk away and I noticed a a woman, a Caucasian woman, uh, and she had with her what I assumed to be her son. Uh, He looked like he was probably about seven years old, a little blonde-haired boy, and he looked like he had been crying. And as I went to get into my car, I looked back, and I noticed the door to that store open up, and a guy from India was standing there, and the woman and the boy walked inside. And he shut the door and I assume probably locked it back up again. And I thought, God, that's kind of weird, you know. And looking back now, I kind of kick myself because that right there could have very well been one of the situations, you know, where they bring in children and uh, bring them up, they grow them up to be used for, you know, their own nefarious acts or for, them to perform things for them later on that they want done, such as uh, somebody like Tiffany.
1: Yeah, and I mean, what higher, I guess, other than the nuclear button, what higher risk would there be in America? I, I can't think of anything where a 34 year old girl could be in full control of America's future, greater than all the dams on the Columbia River and onward to the ocean uh, and other rivers as well uh tributaries i believe that they're called right but you've got what what more power would someone have in our whole country than controlling those dams i mean other than the nuclear button that could actually kill so many people so and 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 here's the thing right we all want to believe jfk's murder was just random you know and we all want to believe that the uh the bombing, uh, uh, what's the bombing that they had there with that uh, Timothy McVeigh is random, or that the Gavin Long, the black guy that killed people in Baton Rouge, or the airport shooter in Florida who said that he was a mind control victim, or on and, or on, on, and on and on. God. Yeah, exactly. Or the, uh, you know, you drink the Kool Aid. You get so many people that are claiming to be under mind control and okay let's just pretend for a second that heck maybe it's not true maybe people are are truly uh lying why is tiffany dead why is tiffany dead what they're claiming is is she randomly walked to meet her killers after she told the bartender at 1 a.m i'm going to die and she walked outside to meet her killers in 19 minutes after they drove from that bar she was shot and somehow people want to believe that's random. How could it be random if she told the bartender her life was over?
0: Well, and she was supposedly killed by uh, these random people who she randomly walked out of the bar and walked up to and shook their hand.
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, (laughs) this is one of the weirdest parts of this case when Tiffany's mother, was emailing me nonstop lies. There was a point where I had to grasp that her own mother was lying to me. But one of the biggest ways that I knew she was lying is they started holding the police narrative. And and I want to um, try to explain what the police claim to be true. The police claim that Tiffany walked outside and the way the police knew that Tiffany met her killers for the first time was because she shook their hands. Now, I don't know about you, but I shake people's hands. I've known for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years or 10 minutes. Okay, shaking hands in America has absolutely nothing to do with meeting somebody for the first time. And anybody with a brain or anybody who's honest, one of the two knows this. So when the police were pushing this narrative that Tiffany met her killers for the first time and the way the police knew that she met him for the first time was because they could see that she shook their hands. These people should not be police ever again. And they are, they're still, they're still getting their $10,000 a month for lying about Tiffany's murder.
2: Well, when it comes to mind control, I mean, you know that number one, you're talking about police,
0: they're going to want people that they know that they can control, and people that are going to be easy to control, and those are the people that they put in those uh, positions anyway. I mean, uh, it should be a well-known fact by now that there is a max to the IQ you can have when you apply to be an officer. You can be denied your job, and, and not yeah. just to be a police officer, but there's a gentleman here several years ago that even sued, I believe he was in Philadelphia, that was applying to be a, uh, a fireman. And he didn't get it because he scored too high. Wow! And uh, one thing, scary, yeah. Scary, I, I want to mention though, the scary thing is, is that not only are they doing that at the lower level for an entry level requirement, but who do you think they are picking from the ranks? From when they choose the captains and lieutenants and the police chiefs, they're picking from those same ranks. That's something to think about.
1: Yeah. One of the uh people that was a best friend of mine, his name's Robert Shire. Robert Shire, S H I R E, he is a twenty-two year police veteran, both in the Portland Police Department and uh LAX police department. And or LA police department, I should say. But uh he did twelve years at one and ten years at the other. But Robert Shire rushed to my aid and helped me with my murder investigation, um, from the beginning. And we did a thorough investigation. Uh, he spent months at my house, uh, helping me. And, you know, he told me, he said, Hey, John, you know, this is turning out kind of weird. You have to be, I have to be really, really careful. He said, uh, because this is, uh, you know, getting pretty, uh, deep. And, it wasn't more than six months later that he went to the hospital and uh, ended up dead. And while at the hospital, this police officer friend of mine was calling his wife, Angel is her name. And he, she kept, she told me the story, but he kept yelling, tell them to stop. They're killing me. And four hours, three or four hours later in, in, in a hospital that was, you know, 10 hours from their home, he was, he ended up dead. So, do I believe that he died of natural causes? Heck no. And, uh, do I believe he died because of Tiffany's murder? Yes. hundred percent. And, uh, and, and he left behind two twin daughters that are seven years old. I mean, he was just a great guy that helped me. And, uh, with this murder. And once, uh, once he ended up, uh, in a vulnerable situation at the hospital, he was dead. So, and I believe he's dead because of the murder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times when you see situations like his death, for instance, happen, uh, people nowadays need to quit taking a lot of things for granted and need to go in and start exploring uh, different deaths and things that have happened. When you're bringing up the list of uh, different, say, you want to call them false flags across the country, I mentioned the false nightclub, And this was before I even really was fully aware of these kind of things occurring and I remember the day after that happening, I just sat at the computer, and I just started looking up some stuff and Googling some things involving that case. And I, I went and looked at the local hospital there. And they had, uh, at their site, uh, they had first page and article. They showed five of the doctors that uh, were treating the victims of the, night, um, the Pulse nightclub shooting. And so I thought, okay, I wrote down all their names. I said, now let me look them up. And I looked him up in that hospital directory and it would show that doctor and uh, when he started working at the hospital and his credentials and things. And then you go to where they always have that little link where people can comment and stuff like that. And you always see comments for these doctors where, oh, I love this guy. He saved my daughter's life or, you know, "He, he took care of my son's broken leg, stuff like that. None of those doctors had any comments on any of uh, those sites and I thought this is really weird it's like these are brand new guys it's like this was their first day on the job you know and to me that was just a huge sign of BS right there
1: well I and I think that the important part of that is is that the public doesn't know the truth when you when Tiffany's case happened right from the start the media was lying 100% and they have never been able to tell the truth in her story So And that also derives from the police lying. The police in Fairview, Oregon flat out lied. In fact, here's a task that somebody with uh, uh, the ability and muscle can try to uh, navigate. The Fairview, Oregon Police Department never released the closed-circuit television cameras that show Tiffany meeting her killers and shaking their hands as if meeting for the first time. They never provided that to the public. And I want to tell you why. The reason why is because they know that Tiffany's killers were circling my block that night. Not only that, but so was the ex-district attorney. So was a girl named Amber Thornburg of Portland, Oregon. And these are people that are involved in her case. They were never questioned. These people were never questioned in her murder. And how can I force the Fairview Police Department, who lied, to do anything? Uh, You know, the general public has no idea what's going on. So in Tiffany's case, what you have is you have the idea that she was a mind control victim. You have the idea that the police lied about her murder. And you have the idea that she ran the dams for the for the government uh, at the Bonneville Power. So any element of that, which is all true to be uh, any element that is, that's investigated, you will see that something's really wrong in her murder. And uh, I think it brings up the idea that America has no clue what's really going on at all because they're so busy, right? We're all busy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they end to keep everybody uh, purposely busy so they don't have time to do anything, you know, keep them involved with their bread and circuses. And I think one of the biggest clues really, you know, if anybody has any kind of doubts or anything like that, and we briefly glossed over it last time that you were on was what happened after, uh, she had been assassinated. I call it assassinated because that's what they do to uh, the people that they use as a tool. They don't murder mm-hmm. them and assassinate them and uh, yeah, really. how her, her body was released and they were allowed to travel to take her, what, four or five hours away.
1: Yeah. And what's weird is <clears throat> what happened was after Tiffany died, um, uh, I never saw the body. Of course, I w- wouldn't have wanted to. But well, here's some things that happened that people will find disturbing. One is, so her family began lying right away about the murder case and trying to shut me up. Um, and the media was lying as well. But when the body was released from the morgue, I guess, I don't even know if that to be true. But when, when Tiffany's family retrieved Tiffany's body, they drove her dead body back five hours in their car from Fairview, Oregon, which is basically Portland. Uh, to Bend, Oregon, which is basically what I call Coltville. So this is all full of Colts. But um, so they drive her dead body back five hours in their car. And when one day I was, I was just recently at a convention in Ireland for mind control um, a couple months ago now. And uh, this taxi cab driver I met there in Ireland said he had a book of Fritz Springmeier's. And so he agreed to bring it back to my hotel and let me have it. Or I I bought it from him for 50 pounds. And uh, I was looking at the book and in that book, I think it was like page 500 and something. It said that there is a uh, ritual abuse crematory, uh, crematory where they cremate people, uh, morgue ritual abuse morgue in Bend, Oregon, and was the only one listed in the whole country. And here Tiffany's family had just driven her dead body back to that same city, Bend, Oregon. In addition to that, Tiffany's family emailed me a photo of Tiffany dead, which I thought was very weird. Then they gave me her ashes and then took me to court to shut me up. And so there was a series of weird events that took place that most people couldn't fathom was true. Um, And uh, her sister was pointing to uh, uh, trying to uh, push a narrative that Tiffany was happy, happy, happy. You know, everything was just fine. Well, according to Tiffany's mother, she hadn't seen Tiffany in 11 months. So things couldn't be that great for Tiffany. And somewhere, somehow, some way, Tiffany had disappeared the 60 days prior to her death. Now, according to the transcripts that I've provided people uh, about her therapist therapy sessions, which there were two of, he was grooming her for her upcoming death, in my opinion. And uh, I, like I said, I just had it analyzed by an expert and um, very disturbing to say the least.
0: Well, you know, and one of the things I want to point out, especially, it, I think it's totally crazy taking to take her five hours to that specific uh, crematory. Uh, that really should be a big sign to people. But I remember uh, here about seven or eight years ago, <clears throat> I took my vehicle to a shop uh, to have a tire put on or something like that, and I noticed that this shop, it always had a hearse sitting out in front, which I thought was kind of peculiar, Um, but I hadn't ever been in there. Well, I I go into the shop, and I look behind the desk, and there, there was a door that was open that led to another room, and there was a casket in there, and I'm like, gosh, you know, all the weird things to see, you know, at a mechanic shop. And I asked them about that casket, and they started laughing. And they said, yeah, you know, there was some movie that had been done a few years ago, and they rented uh, the hearse that that shop owned. Uh, They, I guess, had it just kind of as a novelty thing. And they rented that hearse that the shop owned to use in that movie, and that one of the props for the movie was a casket. And so that was kind of a link between the two of them. And I said, okay. I said, but isn't it just kind of strange having this casket sitting here? And they said, well, there's nothing else we can do with it. I said, what are you talking about? There's people dying all the time. They said, no. They said, it's against health regulations to resell a casket. And I'm thinking, what?
3: Health regulations? If
0: if somebody (laughs) is dead... If yeah, somebody yeah, yeah, says, Don't try to put <laughs> that. <funny>. What, <laughs> yeah, what are they exactly. going to catch from that casket? But And so, yeah. anyway, I, I'm just mentioning that to say, okay, wait a second. You can't resell a casket, but you uh, release a, a dead body and allow it to do pretty much, I guess, whatever you want with it. Uh, they claim they're going to take it five hours, I guess, to that crematory or whatever, but that doesn't mean that that's what they were going to do with it how in the world would they ever release a dead body to somebody to basically do whatever they claim they're going to do? I don't, that just does not add up.
1: Well, also and one of Tiffany's killers is named Michelle Warden Brosey and, uh, Michelle worked for the morgue where she dressed dead bodies. Um, and in Tiffany's, yeah, by the way, that's very weird. And, uh, it was actually her daughter who they all molested after murdering Tiffany. Uh, I guess that's some kind of prize. They go and molest their, her daughter, but, um, and, and of which only one person got charged with that child molestation, which I thought was, uh, very strange. But then again, when you have a, you look at Michelle Warden Brosie, who was the mother, um, she didn't even remove, she didn't even lose her right to own a gun. It was her gun that killed Tiffany. They took off the serial numbers to murder Tiffany that exact day. So I I don't get how this is all possible, but then again, um, I'm new to the powers that be or the uh, deep state. So I want to read for you, um, the, some words that were spoken by, uh, Peter Hyatt, who did a review October 12th of 2017 of the therapist, Tiffany's therapist words. Now, Keep in mind, he does not understand MKUltra mind control yet. He's new to the idea. All he knew was, is he, based on reading the transcripts of Tiffany's therapist, here's what he said. He said, psychological control. In the analysis of the interaction, we find that the therapist exerted a high level of control over Tiffany. It is to the point, that the transcript alone without analysis would likely bring a formal complaint against his license. Similarities in context, one, use of control, two, substance, vulnerability, creating or cultivating dependency and isolation. In the analysis of the transcript, the use of control is evident. This is a form of emotional abuse and the level of control and its abusive nature may be seen as consistent without testimonies given regarding the MKUltra program. In a sense, it mirrors one who seeks to control another as reportedly used in MKUltra. In MKUltra, there's often a presence of substance that alters brain chemistry. To answer this question it is important for a basic understanding of the term MKUltra mind control. And so what he did was, uh, this, and like I said, this is the very first time he's ever heard of it, right? and and so he, he he wrote up a two-page report on what he believes mk ultra to be based on his uh research and of course we all know uh those of us that do rather know that the mk ultra program is undeniable true and if indeed tiffany was a mind control victim shouldn't the next step be who sent her to go die who's the one that programmed her to die? I mean, that's just key to this. And I think that you're going to find that, uh, you know, I like her ex roommate, for an example, here's, uh, here's some pathetic things that Richard Lovett has said. It's her ex roommate, right? Tiffany, uh, had $192,000 in medical related expenses billed to the U S government for 12 months for the 12 months prior to me meeting her. Okay, $192,000 in insurance paid medical for pills, 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 and for suicide attempts. Okay, now, that was more than 10 or 11 emergency room visits for uh, suicidal ideation, or however you say that word. So she was suicidal, and on thousands of pills. In fact, when I met her, she was so messed up, I was worried about her. And contacted, contacted her family and said, you know, Hey, your, your sister, your daughter's here. I'm worried about her. And uh, the next day Tiffany uh, came to me and she said, you contacted my family. I'm like, yeah, why? And she goes, do you know what they said? I'm like, no, what they said, where did he learn how to spell? Not thank you or F you help. Thank you for letting us know she's alive, whatever. But where did he learn how to spell? Uh, But in terms of the uh, the insurance money that was paid for Tiffany's uh, nonstop uh, suicidal life and pills, Richard Lovett said he had no idea she was even on pills except aspirin because he was out of town that whole year. And I'm like, oh, okay. you're such a liar. I mean, could you imagine your roommate's basically dead from taking pills and suicide attempts, and this person claims he had no idea? No. I think, more importantly, it's probably her handler. Well,
0: you know, this brings up something that I've found very curious with this as well, because I've listened to a lot of time of her recordings, and I think that's one of the greatest things that she did is uh, that she was basically a habitual recorder. (laughs) You know, she would record each and every little conversation that she thinks may be something that needs to be recorded, you know? And so she had, Yeah. Uh, I think
1: there looks like of hours.
0: Yeah. She had a lot of recording and the stuff I have listened to from her never in any of the things that she said, did it ever dawn on me that this, this individual sounds like she might be suicidal. And I never thought that.
1: Well, I, I have a lot of recordings that are, um, otherwise, sadly and um but she was programmed to die so therefore um you know you can put that into it and a lot of people uh, in her family and the i call it the pro tiffany dead group the ones that are fighting me um they're like oh how did you get the recordings well and and who made them like there's some secret well like the like the uh review of her transcripts say the therapist asked her are you recording and she said yes so the therapist was fully aware that she was recording and who cares the, the family won't even let release the name of the therapist. So, um, they're claiming I have the wrong guy, uh, based on the information that I got along the investigation, but both the state of Oregon and her family have yet to release the name of the therapist, which, um, I'm hopeful that these new reports that came out that show culpability for Peter from Peter Wyatt, Hyatt, uh, analysis, that the state of Oregon will have no choice now but to release the name of who the therapist was because, like we were just talking about, he's one more person in this cult because he talked about vampires and her dying. And who did she get killed by? Michelle Warden Rosie, who worked for the morgue on dead people and who's a self proclaimed vampire.
0: Well,. I, I was just bringing that up because it seems like, you know, they always try and pin suicide or something like that on people and claim that they've got these tendencies and that that's the reason why they need to be medicated. And that's the system's favorite thing to do is just medicate, medicate, medicate. And, you know, that, that, that actually why they actually want to try medicating kids as much as they can in schools. I mean, I think even the nurses in schools are prompted, you know, to, uh, to suggest medication, you know, for different children and stuff. I was listening to a guy talk a couple days ago, and uh, he'd had a situation at his home where he wasn't sure if somebody was trying to break in or what, and he'd called the police. And uh, when the police were there and they were talking to him, one of the things they asked him was, you know, they said, uh, scenario-wise, say it's 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, all the lights are off, you're in bed asleep, and somebody is uh, trying to break into your home, would you shoot them? And he said, absolutely. And the response of the police at that time was they immediately Baker acted him and called him suicidal. And he sat in in a facility for like three or four days uh, while he was Baker acted.
1: Well, there's no question that the government has a goal. The first goal right now, and I call this the government, but it's primarily the deep state slash government. Their first goal is to remove the guns from every single human on earth on the on the planet the way they can do that is by labeling you crazy so as long as they can continue to remove the gun step by step you've got there's it's a a multi-front plan you've got the senators want the outlaw guns you've got you know the shootings in vegas trying to make us all feel scared and that we need to give our guns back you've got the police working hard on the other end to get blacks in prison and to remove guns from society You've got, you know, crazy shooters like Gavin Long shooting up the police. So everybody, you know, everybody just says, yes, let's have gun control. And every element of this is working towards a New World Order goal, whether it be from the Tiffany's job angle, from the remove the guns angle. And some say that these people, like I would guess Tiffany's family alike, that these people are ready for this new world order and that they will have police uniforms and they will walk up to the general public and tell you what to do. And you will think they're real police and you will do what they say. I mean, that's just one fake scenario of, of, of a, of a story, but if it's true, what people claim to be true that the new world order is working every day to enact their plan, it sure seems like America is getting, prepped for some sort of a a plan because here you have tiffany running the dams you have shootings in vegas trying to get you to remove your guns you have every single possible angle for people to lose their children okay what happens when you lose your children in life you go nuts right once you go nuts then they remove your right for guns we have no idea right now what percentage of the public has had their rights removed we have no idea no idea. I had a restraining order for two years because of Tiffany's murder, only because I wouldn't stop talking about, uh, I was trying to solve the murder with her family. And they tried, uh, actually they did, they got a restraining order to stop me from talking about the case. And so I had to go to the Court of, the court of Appeals, of which I won, of course, uh, duh, I never abused them, that's ridiculous. And, but here's the thing, during that two year period or whatever it was, I had no right to have a weapon. Not that I have one anyways, but my point is, how many people's rights have already been removed and we, the public, have no clue about it?
0: Well, and you're talking about them prepping people. And, you know, I spoke earlier about uh, kids when they first go to school. And you look at the situation with, I think it was, uh, her name is Shauna Banda. And um, she uh, was seriously, seriously ill. And she was on her deathbed. She couldn't get out of bed. She hadn't been able to get out of bed for weeks, and she found that by using cannabis that it was helping her out. And uh, she was using it like a steamer or something like that. But anyway, uh, she started using that uh, two or three times a day, uh, putting it into a pill form and taking it. And she was able to take care of problems that the doctors had failed at for quite a long several years. You know. And so her son was in school, and I don't know how the topic got brought up, but he mentioned that his mother had been cured from using cannabis. Uh, that same yeah. day, they raided, raided her home, took all her stuff, took the child, and placed the child into um, custody, then I mean, state custody, and that was a whole new fight that she then had on her hands, you know? And so yeah, it, it's, this is all part of the brainwashing of them telling us what is good and what's not, and even trying to push scenarios to where the public will beg the state to go ahead and do the things that they ultimately want to do anyway. You, know, you brought up uh, Las Vegas. One of the things that I find so curious there is that uh, the narrative is that this 64-year-old man carried this all out on his own. Well, I don't know how much knowledge people have on weapons or ammunition, but those items that he had to take up there would have all been so heavy. I mean, it would have been next to impossible. And he was well-known at, um, at that hotel, at that casino. He was a regular customer sure. there. And so I guarantee if he pulled up with a van with a box or anything, stuff like that that he had to take up into the room to get prepared for this, the bellboys would have immediately been right on him to help him and everything like that. And uh, red flags to them would have gone off Uh, like, uh, well, why does this box weigh 180 pounds? You know what I mean? Full of ammo or whatever. And on top of it, there is more cameras there than anywhere uh, next to the, so I haven't watched TV in years. All right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but, are they showing any footage inside of Mandalay Bay of him going down the hallway, pushing a cart full of stuff, numerous times preparing for this? Because that yeah. could really back the state's evidence and show the people, yeah, look, it was him. He was doing it. Here's pictures of him taking this No, they're not showing any of that kind of stuff. Why aren't they? Yeah, I, w- I mean, people I was just
1: going to say that. Shouldn't question.
0: People shouldn't just question the narrative that they give to us but we need to also question what they don't give to us.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say that. I said, did you ever see one video? And you cannot, there is no human on this planet that could say that Mano Bay does not have them on video. Everybody in the whole world knows that there are massive, awesome, very high-definition, full HDMI cameras or you know, high-definition cameras at every corner of a casino, period. I, there is no... Way humanly possible that they don't have full color, beautiful photographs uh, on video of, of cameras, him going to and from his room or at the uh, play at the different game tables, even going to and from a restaurant there. Every walkway, every entrance is cameras. I have not seen one single copy of anything. In addition to that, if you put the parallel to Tiffany's case, nobody's ever seen anything in her murder either. They have the video of Tiffany at the bar with her killers. They will not release it to me. The reason why is because they know I have video that will prove seven more people belong in prison for her death. They do not want that. They want to keep the seven people in Portland, Oregon, the ex-district attorney being one of them, uh, Jeff Dickey, Amber Thornburg, uh, Crystal Joy Andrews. All of these people are walking with the killers that night nearly hand in hand down the down my sidewalk. I have video of it. And, uh, my point is, is that why won't the Fairview police department release the video that shows Tiffany meeting her killers for the first time? If they truly believe that narrative, why won't they let the public see it?
2: Well, it's obviously going to undo their narrative, undo their
0: narrative to some degree. And I would really like to see that this uh, big police state/slash surveillance state that they're trying to implement to control everybody actually become their own undoing. You know, and I recommend yeah, everybody really. get a camera, get cameras for your home, get a camera uh, if you can get a streaming camera, get a streaming camera for your uh, car, and have it in there. Who knows what you might capture? And this, guy, well, I, this I whole have... philosophy of surveillance that could be used against them
1: well i thought so but if you go to youtube and you type in tiffany jenks uh jeffrey or tiffany jenks drew or tiffany jenks amber you will see i have video of the people that i know helped set tiffany up to die and those people are still on the loose what could be better for a narrative of the new world order than crime and murder and uh people being scared i'm telling the general public that seven more people need to go to prison for her murder heck even the mom who let her daughter get molested is out and it was her gun and she has another gun i i I don't even doubt check this out i don't even doubt that the fairview police department returned the murder weapon to the mom to the girl i mean that shot tiffany that helped shoot tiffany Michelle warden Brosie. they probably returned the murder weapon to her. That's how corrupt this stuff is. How can somebody who had the gun, who drove the car, who shot Tiffany something 19 minutes later, only get a 13-month sentence?
2: Well, I think we are right now on the edge of something that, to me, is going to be very
0: exciting here in America, and that is that people are drifting away from the mainstream news and people yeah. are starting to say, wait a second, it, we need to find what the real truth is and not, not follow this narrative. And there, there's actually some YouTube channels out there uh, broadcasting live now that are getting better ratings than CNN, and this is what we need. You know, and this yes. is just part of waking up your family, your friends, your neighbors, you know, and talking about these types of situations and saying, hey, <clears throat> but there is an alternative way to, you know, find out the facts on, on situations, uh, which would be like, you know, going and looking at your recordings and things like that. And, you know, eventually, and I think we are very, very close to it with the whole narrative of fake news out there that we are really on the precipice of everybody starting to say, wait a minute, and come together and unite as one people and go to these so-called, uh, public servants Uh, which they're not, and start to make some real demands.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you could imagine, um, I wrote to my congressmen uh, and senators, and somehow Tiffany's family had the emails that I sent to those people. So clearly these people are, are all interconnected to some form of corruption. How is it that I'm sending private emails to my senators and to my congressperson and her family is submitting my words to the courts in Harney County. The the corruption that goes on in this in this country is is beyond what most people could understand. And just because you're not the one being attacked like me for standing up for Tiffany doesn't mean that you should have an obligation to say, you know, something's wrong here. I am fighting to get seven murderers or killers, co-killers, whatever you want to call them, co-conspirators in prison for a murder and they are on your streets of Portland. I left the country, so I don't, you know, that's on you, but I want to say seven known co-conspirators that, that actually are willing to murder somebody are on the streets of Portland and they still have a gun. I mean, they had two guns when they started the murder. One was used in the murder and the girl still has the other gun and she's part of the murder. So This is the level of uh, horribleness that the public has no clue about. The Portland police uh, and the Fairview police, Oregon State police, and the media all 100% lied about Tiffany's case. And uh, believe me, if you think JFK is a lie and you think that Tiffany's case is a lie, there has to be tens of thousands of other cases where we are put in harm's, harm's way because our police are lying to us and that's not okay in my book.
0: No, it's it's not just the police, but the media that's carrying the narrative as well, you know, and there's, there's been situations that I've been eyewitness to, and I knew exactly what happened. It might not have been anything real major or whatever, but then I would click on the news uh, later that day where they were showing it, you know, on NBC or whatever, the regular local news. And I'm listening to the reporter's talk, and I'm going, how can you get this so wrong? You've got the whole situation totally messed up. It it blows my mind. uh, There's a gentleman I know. He's an attorney. And he was telling me the other day that uh, there was a big case that he was working on a couple hours away. And one of the local uh, uh, newspaper reporters actually rode in the car with him all the way there to that court case and rode back. So... This court reporter knew this case inside and out because that's what he talked about for two hours up to the court and two hours back here to town. And when that reporter went and printed uh, in the paper what that court case was about and everything like that, they totally had everything twisted around, totally wrong.
1: Yeah. So people realize that
0: about everything you're being fed is is B.S., (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's review for one second here. Um, something that the public can easily trace on their own. Tiffany went to the bar and she told the bartender her life was over. You do not see that anywhere in the police records, in the court record, or you see it in a certain police records, but, um, it was never released to the public and it was only mentioned one time. And also the bartender contacted me directly to tell him, tell me the same thing. But, uh, They said in the police reports, Tiffany said to the bartender she was scared about her, that her life might be over and she was upset about it. Well, yeah, I would be too. That is the same thing as saying she's going to be killed. She said to the bartender her life was over, okay? But you don't see that in the media at all because the media is pushing the narrative that Tiffany did not know her killers, which is a lie. She did know her killers. And... And so she goes outside to meet her killers, and it's 1.43 a.m. in the morning. She talks to them for just a few minutes, and at 2.11 a.m., now mind you, she went outside to meet her killers. She never went to one bar, but yet when you watch the news, you'll get the idea that she went bar hopping with them, that they were hung out for hours. That's all a lie. So she walks outside to meet her known killers at 2.11 a.m. They drive away, Okay. So 143 they go outside, at 2:11 they drive away. At 2:30 she's dead. That's only 19 minutes after they drove away and uh, apparently uh, based on the police uh, report, everybody got in the car and everybody was happy, happy, happy. Uh, in addition, the shooter, his name's Daniel Burnell, he claimed that they kidnapped Tiffany. But you don't see that anywhere in the uh, transcripts or of the police record or the court record, which would have changed the charges to way beyond what they got, uh, you know, just hindering prosecution and all that. The killers of Tiffany's case, two out of three, got just 13 months. It was their gun in their car. How could they get 13 months for murder? And that's my point. When you watch the news, you, too, will not be able to follow the narrative that the public got told by the media. So they do lie.
3: Well, and the
0: thing is, so what they were putting out there was they were trying to give an answer as to why it happened or what happened. Whereas if they had given the actual facts of what happened, there would have instead of there being an answer there, instead there would have been a whole slew of questions, a whole slew of brand new questions that would have led in some directions that they didn't want them leading in. <clears throat>
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and it's, it should be very simple. If the police go to the Facebook page, Tiffany Jenks murder or John S captain, which is my Facebook or the YouTube that I have, um, which is linked to my Facebook page at Tiffany Jenks murder. And you watch the media tell the story of Tiffany's case. They make her out to be a drunk who lost her way because her dad died. They do not ever talk bad about the killers. They do not ever Question or talk to the killers. In court, the killers never spoke one single word, not even utter one word. Why is that? Because Tiffany recorded her killers before they killed her, Joshua Robinette, the one that molested the daughter after they shot Tiffany. But Joshua Robinette, who, in the recording, admits he knew Tiffany's father, okay? And this is why, if you watch the media accounts, the sister says, well, we don't even know these people, or recognize their names. That's weird. Or recognize their names, she said. So I want to say this. Tiffany did not die the way the media says, and Tiffany's family did know their names. Joshua Robinette was a friend of Tiffany's father and of Tiffany. I have proof. Tiffany recorded Josh.
2: Yeah, she had even said to him uh, regarding why uh, he liked her father so much.
1: Yeah, and then he says, uh, Tiffany says to him, Josh, don't ever kill yourself. And Josh says he had to go buy a new gun. Now, every step of the way, they're trying to say that I'm not telling the truth or whatever. And um, by the way, it's not my truth. It's Tiffany's words. Tiffany's the one that recorded. And in the recording, the therapist says, are you recording? And Tiffany said, yes. In the other recording with Josh, she gets home to where she lived, not downtown, like her sister lied about, but she lived with a man named Tony Green, and she went to Tony and said, Tony goes, did you have a good time with Josh or Killer? And, and, uh, and Tiffany said, yes, I recorded it. So this idea that I recorded it is nonsense. Basically, Tiffany feared for her life that she was going to be murdered, and she recorded herself, Period.
2: Well, wow. you know, it, it, I've gone and studied some of uh, like, the situation
0: here with Tiffany Jenks, studied some other cases. And to me, it is just so amazing the amount of information that is never put out uh, for the public to see or even brought up in court for that matter. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, even yeah, say, time, instance, because Tiffany never had court.
0: Yeah, 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 and she would have been. She would have been the best witness, and they had her recordings, where she, she could have been her best witness, and those weren't used. But I mean, you look at even cases. Uh, you brought up John Bane Ramsey earlier. You know, you look at a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff going on, even in that case, and it's just it's mind-boggling that the courts move in the direction that they do or in some situations don't move at all when they should.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, and this, this kind of stuff has been going on for so long, but the thing is, is there's people like me that are not aware of it. I mean, I put a post recently on Facebook. It said, when did you wake up and how, and for the public that's not awake, I, unfortunately not enough of them listen to different shows so that that causes a big problem. But if you're not awake if you're not aware that any of this kind of weird stuff is true, just simply Google Kathy O'Brien and MK ultra Kathy O'Brien will guide you through her experience in life and how she became, uh, an MK ultra victim from birth and how she was raped, tortured and abused. And one of the things that I learned from, uh, the recent, uh, mind control convention in, in, um, uh, Ireland was, Okay, this stuff is horribly gruesome, horrible to talk about and horrible to study. So what the what the speaker asked us all to do was to take a deep breath and to really focus on the children who are being raped, tortured and abused right now and remove the sadness from your heart and your mind and focus on helping these people right now, because, yes, it's going to be horrible for us to talk about it today. Uh, at this convention. But what we did was we took like five minutes to all agree that we must remove the sadness from our hearts to talk about this case and in order to do our best work. And it's so true. You know, for me, when I looked at the Tiffany Jenks murder, I really had to separate my emotions, you know, especially when Tiffany called me crying for help or, you know, uh, that the police let me down or that the government let me down. I really had to separate emotion from this equation in order to be able to achieve my goal. What the cult slash new world order slash crooked media deep state wants is for you to be so sad and so distraught that you can't help yourself much less anybody else. But what I'm asking you to do is to really just get in that Zen state, get in that mind state that says, Children are being raped, tortured, and abused by this MKUltra program and other pedophilia programs, like after they killed Tiffany, they molested the child. You must put yourself in a position to help. The only way you can do that is if you block out some of the negative energy that you get from having this discussion today.
0: Yeah, it absolutely has to be done. You've, you've got to put the emotional part aside and put on the analytical mind and look at things. Um, I was thinking when you brought up that attorney that was involved in, and you had then seen on the C footage of him walking past the store with the killer, it reminded me of uh, the story with, uh, I think his name was Johnny Schwatt, when he was abducted. And the mother, uh, a day or two after her son had been abducted, she was at work. And a nicely dressed, uh, older gentleman came into her office and laid a business card down on her desk and said, when you get tired of the police here, not doing anything, call me because wow. that guy knew it, he was, uh, I would look at him as kind of the white hat mafia type. All right. And, yeah. uh, actually I know that was one of the things he said, he said, yeah, he says, we're mob, but we don't do kids, you know? But that shows you yeah. right there that, this, that that gentleman knew that the people in the police force, whether it was a state police in the area, all of them had some hand in those pedophile rings. And that he knew that nothing was going to get done, that she would be frustrated. And she did. Eventually, a few months later, she opened up her drawer and took that card out and gave him a ring. And after she called him... That is when she found out all the information about what really happened to her son, and was led right to wow. the killer. Wow. Well, well, not the killer because he, because he wasn't killed, but to the abductor. It led led her straight to the abductor, and the guy even admitted it on um, on the stand in court.
1: Yeah. Well. And. and um, I-
0: Uh, yeah, I just want to follow up also with that situation. Uh, one of the things that was found out was uh, the father had a pretty good job. He made pretty good money in the community and stuff. And that, and this is amazingly one of the things that was divulged, um, he would go and uh, walk his son down to the area where he got his newspapers at every day to deliver them and stuff. And, uh, huh? that day he didn't do it that day. He didn't do it. And it was found out that uh, there was a local kind of uh little Fox house or whatever in that town, uh, where the guys would all go parties. It was like one of the strip joints or whatever. And after the place closed at night, <clears throat> they stayed open for, uh, some of their favorite guests, some of their favorite customers which happened to be some of the higher-up people in town and business owners and things like that. And that's where all the big drugs would come out and they would bring in kids and things like that. And that's what happens to, I mean, we see so many of these people that they run on a campaign that they're going to do this, they're going to do that, are going to fix all these things when they get elected. And then they get into office and they seem like a totally, totally different person and we don't know why. This is the reason why, I'm laying it right out there, that these people have stuff that can be held against them because they've gone to some of these parties. They've had pictures taken of them, whether it was doing drugs or doing other horrible stuff. And sure. if they don't go and, and follow the game that is laid out with the powers that be, and guess what happens? Those pictures came out. <clears throat>
2: and yeah,
0: when that's that funny you say that. Because- out, John. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah, it's funny you say it, that. You know, John, Johnny's dad ended up being a drunk and he disappeared. Nobody can even find the guy anymore.
1: It's funny you say that because the cult um, is trying to peddle any ideas against me online, you know, starting hate websites and all that crap um, and fabricating anything possible. Uh, in fact, they somehow have uh, created some fake narrative emails between me and Tiffany and then some real ones where I told her to stop drinking and, and called her names or whatever for drinking. And then also uh, some, what they call creepy emails or creepy uh, voicemails, but they will do anything to stop me from telling the truth about her murder. Anything. They have attacked my business. They have attacked me personally. They have attacked my family. They even got my sister to write stuff for them. You know, I'm crazy or won't stop, uh, investigating this murder. Um, but they, that, you know, because I think that they didn't have enough time to set me up properly, they had a little harder time and, you know, I'm not perfect so they can throw out whatever they need to. But the main important thing is putting their narrative aside. I'm not going to stop because they threatened me. I remember her mom says, well, Tiffany has a video of you having sex with some girl, and I know you don't want that out there. I said, you know what? I don't give a crap what you put out anywhere. If you want to show a video of me having sex with some girl, besides the fact that that would be illegal, I think they call that uh, porn revenge, I don't even care. I'm working on a murder case of your daughter, and if you're going to threaten me, uh, you go ahead and post online anything. I don't care. I think it posts online, I have 10 boyfriends. They could post online, I have 10 girlfriends. I don't care what they say. I don't read what they say, and I don't care what they say. I'm only working on the murder of Tiffany, and not one single thing is in their power to stop me other than physical, Uh, you know, maybe lock me up. But uh, the bottom line is, is that speaking to what you just said, sure, they will do anything, and they are. And that's just one more sign to what the occult world does. They threaten people with all sorts of things. And I have all the emails her family sent me threatening me. They even said, I wonder how John's going to feel with his mom's upcoming death and the ruining of his business. This is an email from her mother. And uh, it was about four months after that. My mom died and then my business got sued. So I know for sure firsthand that this occult world is are a group of horrible, horrible humans, but it's not going to work for them to threaten me. Uh, it hasn 't worked, and it won't work and uh it's all the now that my mom's gone i don 't have any family I have to worry about. I was responsible for my mom 's life to make sure she was okay that 's the limit of my liabilities in life i 'm not married and i don't have children, so I think they're having a really hard time with leverage on me uh, now that my mom's passed away and as far as my business they 've already ruined that, so that doesn't matter either. So now what?
2: Yeah, that's one of the main things right there. that they love to have that leverage
0: or something that they can use against you. Absolutely. And I think everybody needs to be very, very cautious with their actions because it is so easy to get lured into a trap or a situation where something could occur that could be leveraged against you. <clears throat> Sadly, they've, they've gotten to the point, somebody brought it out, uh, here, I was looking at it a couple months ago, That with photographs they've gotten out to where they they can perfect photographs so good that even an expert can't look at it and be able to tell whether that photograph has been manipulated or not
1: yeah it's funny that you say that because in one of the evidence that i provided the police and, and and the community tiffany had emailed me from her account at 4 p.m. the day she died, which basically was just after the uh, 7th of October, it was the 8th in the middle of, middle of the night at 2 a.m. But on the 7th, she emailed me some emails from her account that were not from her. There's no way they were from her because it said, I have guns, I'm going to kill you in all capital letters. And somehow the cult, which I call it the the pro Tiffany dead group, the ones that are glad she's dead. Uh, they produced a document that is fake, hundred percent fake. Now, the one that I produced is a photo. Okay. And so if you were to go to the Tiffany Jenks murder, Facebook page and click on photos, you will see a picture of an email that Tiffany sent or series of emails that Tiffany sent me where I printed it out on a piece of paper. I circled with a pen and I wrote with a black Sharpie sometimes on this picture, on this piece of paper. Then I took my iPhone and I snapped a photo of this picture, okay? So it can't be altered correctly. So when you go look at the one that the family tries to produce that I said that Tiffany was going to die, which is a complete lie, all they did was doctor the photo. And you could just check. When you go to settings on a, you know, obviously you just go document, photo, uh, you know, properties, and you look at when they were created, it's clear mine was created two years before, uh, two years, uh, before theirs. I, cr- I created that document. I printed it out. I wrote my name or I circled the numbers with a Sharpie and took a photo of it. And then they doctored it all up and made a new one because mine doesn't fit the narrative they're trying to push. What mine represents is the truth that somebody set Tiffany up to die. And they do her family does not want the truth known about that. In fact, I'll post that picture right now on on the Tiffany Jenks murder Facebook page.
2: Uh, and, and I would say,
0: and, and this is something I didn't want to bring up, you know, uh, a while ago when we had talked, but With the the mother protesting against you for investigating the case and everything like that, and uh, the the sister doing the same thing, to me, just points to a level of culpability that there was things that they knew that they didn't want brought out. And the direction that you're trying to uh, direct this case in and shine a spotlight on, that would bring out uh, answers to some brand new questions. And those are things I did not want to be brought up because that would have tarnished the image of who knows who, whether it's the daughter the mother or the father.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, Tiffany wrote to me and she wrote to me often. She talked that her family had sexual abuse. Um, and she said we had our family secrets and, and she listed names and stuff. Uh, clearly Tiffany was raped, tortured and abused. And in the therapy session, when the therapist puts her under mind control, he tells her specifically, "Forget what you knew as a child." Well, if her life was happy, 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 why would he tell her to forget what she knew as a child? In addition to that, um, in addition to that, you know that he he's putting her under mind control, kind of like what you just said. If one element of Tiffany's case puts the mind control aside, forget that she ran the dams, forget that she. Uh, you know, knew her killers. If they can prove that Tiffany knew that she was going to die, then the next logical question would be why, how did she know she was going to die? Now she told her therapist, she was going to be killed by vampires. It just so happens. Michelle Warden. Brosie is a self-proclaimed vampire who works for the morgue in dressing dead people. Okay. So you put all this together and you ask the question is, did Tiffany have prior knowledge that she was going to die? And if the answer comes up, yes, then the murder investigation takes on a whole new, uh, a whole new, uh, a whole new life. I had the evidence that I gave to the police that proved Tiffany knew she was going to die and they did not want to discuss it at all. And that's because, like what we were talking about earlier, the higher powers of this Illuminati slash New World Order slash Deep State have the power to not only get the killers off of murder, which should be an outrage to the public, because you tell me you're going to talk about gun control? Why would we ever have a discussion about gun control when her killers got 13 months and they're back on the streets? And actually, five of them never even got questioned. That's the goal of the new world order to keep me and you scared of our future so we can lose our rights and they can continue to hurt people. I have a legal right to my own justice for Tiffany that has nothing to do with her family at all. My legal right as an American is to seek justice for my dead girlfriend or my dead friend or my dead cop friend, whatever, whatever the case may be. With that said, No one should be able to stop me from asking for help from our tax paid FBI or city police, state police, but they're all corrupt. So that's why I had to turn to the radio shows to do to get help, because America needs to wake up and realize that that our future is at stake because of the corruption in our in our government.
0: And you absolutely do have the right to investigate it and everything. And and that's actually the power of uh, being a private attorney general, which the government doesn't want that information out there. So everybody know that you have the right to go and investigate anything you want.
1: I just posted the picture at Tiffany Jenks murder uh, Facebook page. What you will see is a photo of um, highlighted and it's got some uh, circles around it, but it says, you know, watch me. I have guns and all capital letters. And then my reply was, you're not trespassing my land ever again, period. Okay. That's because I was fighting with her, with Tiffany. And she says, I don't care who dies. I'm coming home. Those were not her words. Not one single time in the history of America did she ever, or in the history of our relationship, did she ever write to me in all capital letters? And in fact, in a later email, I sent, okay, whoever you are, because I didn't think it was her. Um, but you can see, that this is clearly a printout and a photo of that printout off my phone. So the idea that they, they were able to modify that picture goes right in line with what you said about the powers that be. They can doctor any evidence they want. The only thing that the public can do is right-click in properties, and they'll know when that photo was taken, as opposed to the one that the family tries to narrate that's a true, that I told Tiffany she was going to die, or whatever crap they try to try to say.
2: Yeah, you know, this this all just kind of leaves me a little bit speechless. I
0: mean, uh, the implications of what could occur uh, to anybody. I mean, it, it's limitless. It's completely limitless. And I well, can it, totally it, comprehend it, why you would move all over the country.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, first of all, if you have seven killers roaming the streets of Portland and you're trying to solve a murder, you're probably not too safe there. Because if they killed once, they'll kill again. Uh, and, and the other oh, yes, thing is, too, you know, it goes back to the idea that Tiffany was a mind-control victim running the dams. That's the bigger... That, why are they hiding this murder in particular? Because Tiffany was a mind-control victim running the dams for America. That's why. It's not about John and, oh, poor John lost his girlfriend. It's not about that. It's about... Tiffany was a mind-control victim running the dams. That's why they want to cover up this murder. That's the only reason. If Tiffany was just some regular girl, the cult would just say, you know, who cares? Let let, let the public find out about her murder. We don't care. Eight people go to jail. We don't care. They're mind-control victims. They don't care if all those people go to jail. They don't want one single element of this murder becoming in the media's eye or in the attention of the public. Not because of her murder but because it will lead the public to the reality that mind control is real and then the only final step that's going to outrage America is Tiffany was in control of all our dams.
0: Oh well, and like you said, any one of the elements that you've brought up uh, would just have a whole domino effect is what would happen.
1: Because one exactly. Exactly. They lead know to it's something coming. else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many elements of this. Like, for instance, that the killer said to the police, we didn't hear the gun go off. In fact, we got back in the car, and we drove away from the the murder site, and we didn't even know Tiffany was dead. But we drove the killer, after molesting the child, we drove the killer to the bus stop, and we ran to Washington State where we changed our hair color, changed our cell phones, and the DA says all that's unrelated to the murder. OK, sure thing, buddy. And the D.A. also, I mean, I mean, they're all criminals, every single pe- person involved in this case. So if I'm telling you the truth and they're all criminals, why don't they want the truth told? Because the D.A. will go to jail. The judge will be fired and lose his retirement. The police involved in this case who actually lied on the under oath and in the, uh, you know, arrest warrants, they will go to jail or I guess a their job, at least. Uh, but they're all lying about her murder. And in order for me to achieve my goal, there's 20 people that have to face a new judge or an FBI investigation. And I don't think that that uh, the FBI really wants to do the investigation because it will lead to so much corrupt uh, truth being told. So I'm just left here you know, hanging out over the abyss trying to achieve my goal.
2: Well, and so many of them are affiliated with it in one way or another as well on top of
0: it, and if not directly yeah. to that specific case, but to the whole program, you know.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The, the, the um, America's under attack. I'm just going to say it like it is. America's under attack from within, and there's two fronts. Well, there's three. There's people that know about this stuff, and they're part of it. There's people that are supposedly Christians, and they think God's coming, so they're not going to do anything about the the murders and the rapes and torture and abuse of the children because they think it's a sign God's coming and they don't want to stop it from happening. They want God to come. So there's that element of it. And then lastly, there's people that have absolutely no clue about what's going on. Those are the people that really need to to just take 30 minutes, go to Google, and just type in MKUltra. That's all you have to do. And once you realize mind control is possible, then the rest will fall into place.
2: Well, the thing is, is that they've they, they've made their takeover
0: and the things that have been done are so unbelievable. And I can't remember who it was that said it, whether it was Casey or whatever, but it, it said that you know we'll we'll know that we've succeeded. You know, when one what everybody thinks they know is a lie. <laughs> Yeah, but also, they've said that it's going to be such a huge uh, conspiracy that nobody will believe it it's just because it'll just be too monstrous.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that leads right back to what you just said, which is that if one part of Tiffany Jenks' murder case becomes public knowledge or becomes part of the, uh, you know, where people are asking questions, the entire thing's going to fall when the entire thing falls without a doubt, because you have the therapist hypnotizing Tiffany, all the public has to do is type in Tiffany Jenks murder, tap, tap, tap in YouTube. And they will hear her therapist putting her under hypnotism. If indeed, or mind control, if indeed uh, you grasp what he's doing. And and I know that's just one clip, but if you grasp what he's doing and, and know that Tiffany talks about dark forces and vampires and dark angels and all these things, if you then can find your way to the idea that she's under mind control, the last part will be the dams. And, and I think that will be the key to this. You believe that she's under mind control. The next step is you understand she's running the dams. Then everything, will, everything you thought was true will change. You'll start to see that here we have a mind control victim running the, what we want to believe is the safest place, uh, safe employment for all of our futures that the person in control of the dams is, has been, you know, vetted and is secure in their, um, you know, what they have planned for us. And I believe that Tiffany knew they had planned for her to do something, uh, uh, you know, sinister to the dams. And that's why she wanted away from them. And in, in the end they got her, she told me they were going to kill her. And they did.
2: Well,
0: hadn't she mentioned something about uh, the responsibility of thousands of lives?
1: Yeah. She said a lot of people are going to die. Yeah. Yeah, She said a lot of people are going to die. And I would say too, that the therapist said, Tiffany says, watch it. You're going to watch it with me. It's not going to be like vampires on TV. Well, then again, maybe it is. I don't know. And the therapist says, I am going to watch it with you. So whatever, four days before she was dead from a vampire, and Michelle worden and who works for the morgue or mortuary, um, whatever this is, the therapist said he's going to watch it with her. And so I think that you're going to find ritual abuse, ritual abuse is so prevalent in America and so covered up by the deep state or the uh, government that um, a lot of the public is unaware how many people are dying from ritual abuse every year slash, you know, Ritual abuse, mind control, whatever you want to call it, it's all interrelated. Um, So, But whatever it was, that therapist told her he's going to watch it with her. It was almost like promoting it.
0: Yeah, and I think that a lot of us, or, or actually everybody, is watching a lot of it right now and they don't even realize what they're watching. They don't even realize what they're seeing being done. And to me, you know, the, the public really ain't comprehending what is happening, and that's going to be that one card that comes out, and the whole house of cards comes down. Because it, it's also interlinked with each other, that their whole system is just going to completely fall apart. And then what's going to happen on top of that is the Americans are going to look at each other, and they're going to be lost, because who they thought was their protector, who they thought was there to uh, prevent some of these evil things from happening, and they learn that those are the people mm-hmm. actually perpetrating the crimes themselves, that they're not going to know what to do. People have not right. been taught how to be self, self-sustaining and how to take care of themselves. They always go and they want to lean on Big Brother for everything they need.
1: That's been designed that and way. When they find out, I mean,
0: right. And when they find out Big Brother's the problem, their minds are going to come unglued.
1: Yeah, well, and the sad next step of this case, um, and, I mean, you'll be right there with me when it happens, it will be once a killer, always a killer, I believe. And sadly said, Portland, uh, they may not find out who the killer is in their upcoming murders in Oregon, but I believe if we're not careful and we don't get these seven people in prison that murdered Tiffany, that these seven people will sadly ruin more lives, and kill again. And when they do, there's about a 10% chance that somebody will have all the proof for that murder, like I do for Tiffany's, and that those seven people will be brought to justice for maybe even both murders. But there's a 90% chance that that murder will go undetected. Because remember, it's the Fairview, Oregon Police Department that lied to cover up for the seven killers. And they even gave the gun back to the killer. Or to the Michelle Warden brosie the co-killer. So when you see another killing and another killing and another killing, you have to step back and go, wait a minute. So you're telling me that known killers are on the loose in Oregon because the police lied and da-da-da-da-da. It's a big cover-up because Tiffany be, was important. Yes. And because of that, they're likely to murder someone again. And in fact, it was the shooter himself who was set up and he said, in his depositions to the police, that Michelle Warden-Brosy, who's the co-killer of Tiffany, had made her first kill at age nine. And she's on the loose. She's she's out. She's out of jail. She got 13 months. And if the killer is saying that, that she made her first kill at 13, uh, uh, that that Michelle Warden-Brosy, the co-killer, had made her first kill, that basically she told him and his name's uh, Daniel Burnell, that she told him she made her first kill at age nine. So they knew they came from California to shoot Tiffany and then return that same day. Duh. There's no question. And with that said, it's premeditated murder. All you have to do is prove one element of this case and being premeditated, and then you can get the other seven people in prison for murder, which is my goal. If I may. Yeah,
0: the, the intent... The to be clear. Yeah, sure. How are you doing?
3: I'm sorry. I don't. I hate to interrupt you guys, but I got to jump off. But I was just wondering, uh, is John right? Yes, sir. Um, are you familiar with the Power Hour uh, Internet Radio? No. Stuff? no. Um, you need to email Power Hour at gmail.com and and. Give him some links to look at. Let him know who you are. Uh, He's got a radio show. Joyce Riley used to do it. She died here back in April, I think. But uh, he took over the show, and it's pretty popular. It's a big um, syndicated uh, all over the place. And I think you need to tell your story there. Um, Yeah, thank you. How do you spell his name? It's Power Hour Daniel... D-A-N-I-E-L at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll do. Send him an email. I'm sure he'll have you on. He's got a, you know, uh, you're going to need two hours. Tell him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing with
1: Brian. We've talked about it before. You know, it's like one show will get 10 or 20 more people to, you know, at least be aware of the case and they'll start asking questions whether i'm you know here or gone and i think that's what's key she left behind such a powerful amount of evidence to prove her case and uh they're just flat out liars so you know it doesn't take much brains to really realize what's going on in her murder and i appreciate the the uh i
3: appreciate you uh telling us that sure anytime i do want to make yeah. one more comment Brian, um about uh the vegas uh deal are you did you hear that uh, George Soros shorted um that stock and made seventy eight million dollars?
0: no, I had no, no way the financial transactions yet, but that makes sense
3: yeah, follow the money um and also the the i heard that the owners of that um hotel sold their stock like six weeks before this shooting. So yeah, I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get your email from uh from Rance and send you some stuff that some people have been sending me and yeah it's pretty incredible stuff out there. But uh great great show tonight, Brian and John. I appreciate you guys. I gotta jump off here so I I didn't mean to interrupt but I, I wanted to say something before I got off.
2: Thank
0: you, sir, for the
3: comment. Okay, you're welcome, guys. Have a great night. You too, sir. Thanks.
0: Yeah, and Power Hour would be a great venue for you to uh, go to as well. I totally agree.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we all have the same goal. I mean, we really do. And, um, you know, I I was one of these people that, Brian, when I heard of uh, Jesse Ventura or Alex Jones or any of that crap, I thought they were nuts. So when Tiffany tried to confide in me, some of the stuff, right. I wasn't having it. I know that I, I, after she died, I went through her Google searches on my computer that she used of mine and she had like Ted Gunderson and different things like, you know, uh, red ice radio type, weird stuff, you know, that I didn't know about. And so she was fully aware of what was going on. And, um, she was definitely trying to confide in me all along about it. I just wasn't having it. And so I think that the public, I think that the general public, right, you're talking about the general public will be able to look at Tiffany's case and go, something's wrong here.
2: Oh, totally. I totally agree. There's so many of these cases. It's like the biggest thing, Prince. I really haven't
0: looked at that too much. But there's so many of these situations that you just spend even 10 minutes on, and it's like, yeah, no, something's not right. Something's definitely not right.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I want to promise the public they never got the truth about Tiffany's case. So none of it matters what the media said or what the police said. But if they did get the truth, then they would really be outraged. But even if you just go with the police lies, they the public is getting lied to 100%. And I think that's going to be hard for the public to stomach. It should be anyways.
0: Uh, yeah, and and to me that's one of the bottom lines is uh, these people that we think we can turn to for help or whatever, uh, they are not your friend. They really aren't. I'm, I had yeah. uh, hey. attorney friend that I oh, mentioned man. a while ago. He asked me, he said, Did, have you seen this report? And he handed me a police report from something that was about 10 years ago. And I'm reading through it, and I'm going lie, lie, lie. I I, I couldn't believe it. It was, and it it was just a minor situation, but you know, it's like, gosh, is it like the first instinct to lie? I don't understand.
2: So, I think we have somebody else that yeah. wanted to come on. Yeah. No, maybe not. You guys are hearing things. Okay.
1: Yeah, you're right about being able to trust our government and how weird it is that um, people don't realize we can't. Let me let me just say it like this. If your daughter or girlfriend or mother or somebody was murdered, don't you think you should have a way to go to, say, your government and tell them? There has been zero... Uh, Legal entities of the government who have actually taken down the facts of the murder, there was one police officer in Portland. His name is officer uh higginbotham H- Higginbotham, yeah higgin yeah, Higginbotham anyways, yeah, and uh so he was a Portland police officer that had come to my store when Tiffany had called the police once, and this officer had never met Tiffany and, and I waited at the front after she had dialed nine one one and we got into an argument. Uh well actually she just got into an argument and she called nine one one. Then she ran off. And it was all weird and everything. So here comes Officer Higginbottom and Officer Ballou, of Portland Police Department into my store and I'm sitting at the front I'm like, I don't know. She just dialed nine one one, hung up and ran out the front door. Or ran out the back door. So they go to look for her. She's gone. And only seconds later they got there right away. And uh So, and I told him, you know, she drinks and she, when she drinks, she gets nuts and everything. And and I didn't know about mind control. So she, she had left and and then finally the police left and they said, Hey, you know, you really can't have her here anymore because you know, you called 911 and she leaves. When do you got to go to jail or something like that? So it wasn't more than about six, three months or four months after that, she died. Okay. Now, um, in the police report, it shows that Tiffany was a respondent to a 911 call uh, against me, and I said, "Well, that's not true. That's a lie." And it said that Tiffany reported da 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 da, and I said, "That's not true." So I called Officer Higginbotham, and I said, "Sir, did you ever talk to Tiffany after she dialed 911 that day and ran out the back door?" And he goes, "No, I've never met Tiffany." And so he came over and he talked to me, and, and it, he confided in me that he was actually told to stand down and not help me with the murder case. So it just goes to show that even the police are, you know, specifically told not to help Tiffany's murder. And I think that's scary because it's not even about Tiffany's murder anymore. It's about the fact that seven other killers are on the streets of Portland and they will kill again. That, and, and, and believe me, it's not likely that the people will have as much evidence as I have uh, for the seven people next time. So I think it's important that, you know, Officer Higginbotham that got told to stand down and others in the Portland area, become aware that this is going on because our safety is at risk, uh, you know, throughout America in these cases, you know, Brian.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If, if the people that are supposed to be there to help have been told, you know, not to help. I mean, I, I was listening to a gentleman from Israel a couple of days ago, and he was talking about Las Vegas and he said, I don't understand what is going on in your country. He said, if something like that happens over here, that person is tracked down and it's all ended within about five minutes. He said, in your country, everybody's got guns. He said, Vegas, there's all these security guards and everything. And on top of that, all the extra police. He said, how can somebody continue to shoot for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it was that night? Even to him, it blew his mind. So it's almost like, you know, the forces that are... Put here to protect, you know, they're almost told to stand down. It seems like uh, you look at Absolutely. the different protests that go on. It's like, it's like how can some of these protests oh, even horrible. occur, where they're going and, and turning over police vehicles and things like that? How in the world can that even happen unless there is a stand down order?
1: Yeah, it's not like we have in America an eight hundred number to call where we can actually report a murder. Okay, like here's something that would be very simple for the American people. If I have an 800 number to call, and let's say it's, forget the FBI because they're involved in this crap too, but let's say it's a new entity, it's called uh, Stop Violence in America. And I call this 800 number, and let's say I'm really crazy, I'm really crazy, but I still have this Tiffany Jenks murder case. And I, they say, okay, Mr. Captain, we know you're a little crazy, but we're going to go ahead and take down all the information, And then all you have to do, Mr. Captain, is you have to go to the real FBI slash Tiffany Jenks and it will be on our website forever and people can go to it. And although we're not trying to, you know, uh, we're not trying to investigate what you claim because, you know, you might be crazy. We have we have now uh, proven to the American people that we listen to you. You wrote everything down you ever wanted to write. You gave us all the pictures and videos you have, and we posted all of this on our website, and you have a way to look at it. So now you have done every single thing you can in your power to show the American people what's going on in your state. And then we, as the crazy conspirators, we can click on our state, and we can see how many of these crazy ideas are out there where everybody says, oh, this happened, and that happened, and this happened so we can start to connect the dots. And the thing is, that's what a lot of people want, mind control victims and, and, and murder victims, and uh, not murder victims, rather, but the family of murder victims and stuff. They want their evidence to be heard. If I can't get it heard in a court of law because of the corruption involved in Tiffany's case, at least it should be, um, the evidence should be taken and uh, kept somewhere safe by my government And I have that legal right because I paid my taxes. And what I find to be sad is even when I went to Washington, D.C. for Tiffany's murder, I went to my Congressman Earl Blumenauer's office and uh, a couple of the other criminals, and I asked them, how can I report a murder? And they said, we don't handle murder. I went to the Portland Police Department and said the same thing. How can I report a murder? And they said, oh, you can't, you got to go back to Fairview. I said, Fairview lied. Well, that's the jurisdiction. So they get you caught in this circle jerk of of not being able to help you. But I wish that Trump would start some formal way for the public to start coming forward with what they know. Because there are people that have contacted me on Facebook that have loved ones that have been murdered and they've never gotten justice. And all of those killers are still on our streets. And that's, that's the difference here. Why would anybody want killers to be on the streets and then talk about gun control?
0: Well, that's definitely a sign that there's gotta be some other plan.
3: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. This day and age with computers and internet and everything, you know, like you said, it would be so easy just to put together a site that, you know, people could go and, you know, you could uh, start maybe a new murder investigation. Uh, and people could go and click on, say, that particular situation and add any information that they might have or photos or recordings or anything like that. That would be so simple to do, so simple to implement. Sure, Um, sure. And and that's a great tool that's been afforded right there, and them not even making use of something like that uh, should be kind of a telltale sign.
1: Yeah. One of the websites I made is called um, programmed to with two M's programmedtodie.com, And what I've tried to do is it's not for making money or anything. It's just simply, it's just a place for people to go to learn about mind control more. Um, and it just, the goal of it really is to just outline some of the claims that are being made by various mind control victims in an easy to follow format where they just click on it, and listen, click on it, and listen, and so on. So I would recommend people that are new to mind control go there. Um, and people who are not new to mind control, really, if you want to help America, if you just try to explain mind control to some people that don't know about it, maybe give them Tiffany's case as an example, or Kathy O'Brien, or you know some of the other ones that are out there um, on the Program to Die website. And once people get mind control, they will step back from Las Vegas shootings and uh, Gavin Long, and the, the Baton Rouge killer, and they'll go, duh, of course JFK didn't die that way. Of course John Lennon didn't die that way. They sent mind control victims to shoot these people, you know? Absolutely. It's not like, absolutely. It's not like these people... Yeah, totally. They didn't just like, oh, I think I'll just go kill John Lennon. Oh, I think I'll just go bomb the, you know, whatever that guy's the Unabomber. I mean, the uh... so all these people um, that are mind control victims, they always come up with a blank stare where they're going, "Um, I don't even know what happened.
2: Yeah, Sirhan
0: Sirhan, uh, you can investigate Sirhan Sirhan. That's some very interesting uh, content there. And, you know, so much of this to me, it really points back to uh, Project Paperclip, which we know so much of this stuff, instead of it being conspiracy theory, it's now really conspiracy fact. And so many of the people brought into that program were put into very high-level positions, and even positions uh, in the education and oncologists, things like that. So, I mean, that that, that was, I think, a big boost to the powers that be and what their ultimate goal is, because that right there gave them uh, a huge group of people that were already doing what they wanted to see done and would help implement that here.
1: I guess, Brian, you just have to ask yourself, is America going in a direction that you're happy with all the way around? And if the answer is no, just just ask. Okay, there you go. It is.
3: (laughs) It's going in the greatest (laughs) direction that it can.
1: Okay, there you go. Beautiful. Cool. A couple more uh, Vegas shootings, and and I'm sure
3: everybody will be happy, right?
2: (laughs) Yep, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yes, the White
2: House is once again... All right, yeah. You there, heard John? Yeah, yeah, no problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, I left everybody unmuted at the beginning because there really wasn't any noise coming yeah, no from anybody. So, But that's always going to happen. Um, yeah, no problem. Got a learning experience there, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, and I'm sorry if people think that, you know, Uh, Trump is for the people and he's going to do everything that the people want. I think you really need to think again, because if he is going to do everything that really needs to be done to help free the people, uh, he would have never been allowed to be in the position he's in.
1: Well, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 he hasn't helped me yet. And, um, so I guess that proof is, um, in the pudding, but, uh, I hope and pray that there will be change, and I see it coming uh David I tends to believe that Trump is fake uh and not part of the uh and not and not helping us. Uh, I tend to believe he is helping us, but i don't know, and all I know is this i 'm working on a murder, he seems to care about murders i don't know how to get to him with my murder case, but if I could, and he didn't help me, then I would know that he's part of the cabal too um but you're right in the idea that most people believe that he has to be part of the cabal, New World Order crap, otherwise they wouldn't allow him to stay. Um, well, we'll have to see that, how that plays out. I'm a, I'm a pro-Trump well, person I, myself, so.
2: Well,
0: okay, <laughs> I like the ideas and everything. And I, and I, I could be pro-Trump, whatever, but I mean, I, kind of the way I look at it is uh, we don't have the government here that we thought was originally established. That's not what's occurred. Uh, it's actually an overlay corporation that's been put here as a government servicing company, and they're the ones running everything. And the, the people's voice uh, is silent. It really is. Um, I've yeah, seen we got too many problems. situations. Even, I, I've seen situations right here locally where um, the people in the county will vote 65 70 percent for something and does it ever happen no it never happens it's because it's not something that uh, those powers want to see implemented and what they want to do regardless of what the public says
1: well and also that's not fair because the public is the government workers too i never saw a a more corrupt system And and i'm not saying that they don't have a right to vote but the corrupt government workers are always going to vote yes on the corrupt government agenda. So, and they make up 50% of the voting population. I promise you they get the day off to go vote. I promise you, they can go vote. Government workers can do all they want to do all day long and in our government cars. So I have little faith in the election process. If they ever wanted to help America, what they would have to do is not allow government workers to vote on government issues because they have a vested comp, uh, you know, interest, whatever whatever you call it, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest.
1: Yeah, conflict of interest. I mean, duh. As a small business owner, I have to tell you, um, the government does anything they can to help ruin America, Uh, anything they can. They are so pathetic and so ridiculous, and I think that that lends to a lot of the problems that we have where, small businesses have gone out of business and now it's become more corporate America and more, uh, you know, government, government and corporate America really runs the government. Now, small businesses have taken a second, uh, position where they used to be the first, you know, so.
0: All right. Yeah. So it's become an oligarchy for sure.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, we've gone over the two-hour mark, John.
0: Love having you on.
1: Thank you very much, Brian.
0: This can just be another recording. People can pass around out there to help wake in their fellow friends and neighbors and help people realize where they're really from, where they're really at, and who they really are. Because what's been presented to us, uh, I believe, as a whole, has been pretty much a big fat lie. So.
1: yeah i agree thank you for having like me on the
0: show with absolutely so situations with tiffany and, and other things that we even see locally but you've got to stand back and question it um the, the day of just taking it the spoon fed BS is is over with it's time for everybody to put their thinking caps back on
2: all right good night guys thanks john we'll talk to you all later good night